Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Tell me about your journey. Very different, equally fascinating. Yeah, very different, but very a lot of similarities, which again I think helps bind us as a as a queer community because it doesn't matter which way you go, there are different there are similarities, which we talk about in the book as well. But yeah, my husband and I adopted. We adopted two children in two thousand eighteen, and. It was a very simple process. I must, and that's something that I always like to get out of there because I think people have in their head that adoption is this big, long, like arduous, like stressful, you know, experience. And whilst ours may have been, and again, similar to Lottie's first experience with her wife was very easy. And they got pregnant IUI the first time. For John and I, we, as my husband, we, we spent a year in the adoption process and after a year we had our kids it was very but that's not the case for everyone but I do think the adoption process does have that kind of myth of being a bit you know of a bit of a hard 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 one to go through Mm. um there's a lot of training involved um because you don't know at the start what kind of child because let's put it out I mean at the end of the day with adoption it doesn't matter what child you're adopting they are going to have suffered some form of trauma that trauma may be small um and may not ever manifest itself in their life or it could be a very big trauma and it could have had them had to deal with things in a lot of ways that a child of that age shouldn't have had to so as an adoptive parent you have to be ready to be able to to deal with that so there's a lot of training but I found the training really interesting and then there was a lot of delving into John and I by our social worker because they have to prepare this pack which has it's basically like our biography which I was always quite proud of because by the time we got to the end of our adoption we had this 50 page document which is essentially our biography all about our childhood (laughs) all about how we met how about how we live and I found it very therapeutic we really like it was like having therapy sessions together as a couple to really understand ourselves what we wanted conversations and conversations that came up that we weren't particularly expecting because again like Lottie was saying with the donor when you are effectively choosing your child which in its in its simplicity was what we had to do in the end because you are like a donor guide you have this list and profiles and details all these children hundreds and hundreds of children who are in the care system and you have to make sure that you're matched to the right child for for them and for you and for the family as a whole 
So you have to be really, you have to really nail down into what you want and what you feel you can deal with as well. Mm -hmm. So in that early stage, it was questions that John and I had never even really thought about. And I don't think many other parents would have thought like questions like, would we adopt a child who had HIV? And it was just, it was just a conversation that we'd never had before or never expected Mm -hmm. to have. Or could we have a child that had a disability or was blind or even down to like has hepatitis A or all these different things that could come with from children who are in the adoption system. So it was just trying to work out, you know, what it it allowed us to work out what we really wanted as parents. So then when we went into the process and actually our children were in the first, I think the first two profiles we saw, we ended up going through hundreds of profiles, but our two children were in those first profiles. Wow. And they came home and it was wonderful and we had a lovely time. And I, you know, the adoption process is long, so I, I will, I'm going over it in very brief element now. Um, but then fast forward a year and a half later and our third child came along. He was a surprise. We weren't planning to adopt again, but mm-hmm. the birth mother had another child who went straight into care and we were asked if we would adopt him and immediately he was the moment we would say the moment we heard about him, he just felt part of the family mm-hmm. and there was no decision to be made. Um, if you were to akin it to the straits, it, I suppose it's like having an un, uh, an unplanned, but wanted pregnancy. Mm. Um, we weren't planning for him, but the moment he came along, we were delighted and it's, we, we couldn't think of life without him now. So yeah, so that's how our three children came to be um that's how we came to be the oakleys so um <laughs> in a really whirlwind i talk about it in depth in the book which you can uh, you can get now <laughs> you can purchase from all good outlets um gaze the word is it available there yes it is good. so for both of you because parenting is really interesting on this podcast like i'm really interested by the response it gets because mm. i find that there's quite a spectrum actually the younger generation are not into having kids and that's fine like what we want is the same rights as everybody else we don't want you don't have to be like anyone else but you want to have the option and all Mm. the rest of it and then there are loads of people who have written me the loveliest message since we had a kid and it's but it's a spectrum it is i think parenting really divides the queer community in a way Mm. and I think it's because it's still so I mean it's not new in the sense of you know people having queer families were in existence in the 70s and right the way through and probably even earlier than that but it's it's so I suppose heteronormative now (laughs) it's almost like we've made ourselves in the same way as you know as the straights do in terms of being able to have a family that's Mm. still quite new I feel and so I think people are still trying to understand how they feel about it the younger generation as well like Chris said this is the first generation where they have aunties coming up to them at weddings going oh when are you gonna have a baby when are you two gonna get you know have a family which no when it's normally it was the flip side it was mums going oh, I'm never going to be a grandma now when somebody comes out. And yeah. so this new generation is suddenly faced with that. And, you know, most pe- most 20-year-olds or even younger don't want to have kids, like straight or queer. Mm. So it's it'll be interesting to see how those people who are so 
not anti it now, but who are very dead set against it will start to feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but not everyone does want to have kids. I don't blame them. I, you know, my kids no. annoy me a lot of the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, what what I was going to add was that also like. I think that there is this very traditional heteronormative idea of what a family is and what parenting is. Mm. And what we found with writing the book and speaking to so many different kinds of parents is that there's an opportunity to queer the entire notion of family and to queer parenting and to queer this whole, like, weight of expectation around having children. And Mm. so I think, like opening your mind to what a family can be in terms of you know people that we've spoken to that are in polyamorous open co-parenting agreements that are trans parents that are solo parents by choice um there's so many different figuration configurations to having a family that I would really encourage younger people who are thinking like oh, I just, I'm I'm too, like, I don't want to do that 2.4 kids marriage and kids thing. To think, like, it doesn't necessarily have to be like that. You can be a parent or however you want to be described to a child in all sorts of myriad ways, and that's so exciting. At the same time, I obviously don't want to be that old auntie at the wedding that's, like, trying to encourage everyone to have they don't want it. Yeah, I think yeah. I I so agree with you because, you know, we started this conversation by saying like, you know, I feel like a sore thumb at a Jubilee party or whatever it's called, coronation, but that's in my head. But also like, I had this entire conversation with myself and I was like, why should I not lead from the front on this and let the definition of family be my own? You know, and like, I don't have to be like anyone else in the way that I parent and all I know is that I I was brought up in a lovely inclusive um open family um not perfect but like you know that was that so the pressure I'm feeling is from the outside world it's not anything I was taught you Mm. know by by my parents um but and you know it's like be front-footed about that be about the fact that you can set the example of what a family is a family does not a family is a couple a family is one person and their cat you know and you can you can make it you can do it however you want um but what i would say because that sense of chosen family as well yes you know we have our families already and we stick together and we support each other by being queer it's fucking amazing it's the best club you could ever be invited to one important thing is about discussions about becoming parents because I think this book is about a question you know what I mean it's like it feels to me like it's at the point of like what do we do you know like do we want to do this or not and what were your both of your discussions about prior to that because my someone said to me who was not queer you both need to just make sure you're on the same page in a very kind of ominous way like do it but you've both got to be into it what were your own discussions at home to becoming parents john and i i think always knew that we wanted it it was a we always talked about it very early on in our relationship when we were together a good i think 10 years before we even adopted um and 
we always just knew that kids were going to be part of our life, I think. And it was mm. for us, we were very family orientated and always wanted kids. And then, like I said, going through the adoption process, that really meant that because we had to delve into everything so much, mm. that really did make every, uh, make sure that we were on the same page. And I think if at any point that we weren't on the same page, that would have been like red alert, probably by our social worker at the time, yeah. or even yeah. by ourselves. But we found ourselves on a very like equal, like we both really want this. And also mm. both really want this, but also feeling that we're going to bring different things to it as well. Mm. And that we're going to be, you know, the, the, our family is going to be unique to us because of the way that we want to raise them and the way that we're going to work together as a, as a team, as it were. Mm. I'm just imagining how hard it must be if one partner in a relationship really wants to have kids and the other one doesn't Mm. like I know there's so many kind of movies and stories about that but it must just be so hard because you're just forced into making a choice really between like a, a, a imaginary idea of a family that doesn't exist and a person and a relationship that does exist and like Mm. how hard that must be to 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 choose or to work through that and like you don't want to feel like you're having to persuade someone to do something that they really don't want to do but at the same time I mean I just it it must be so hard and I don't know what the right thing to do is I think only only you can know I think I gently nudged my now wife into thinking about children but she got there on her own. Like I had to give her the space to get there. Um, Mm. And I think sometimes that meant taking a step back and not starting the conversation again and not being like, well, I really want this and just sort of planting a few seeds and just then just leaving it to her. She's the sort of person that likes to come to ideas on her own. You know, who does like to be told what to think or what they should feel. So, yeah, I think it's it's a really difficult thing to negotiate <clears throat> in couples. And I would just say if you're in that situation, probably like probably therapy would really help you do, kind of interrogate why you want a family, why you don't want a family. And maybe there's a common ground that you can get to. I don't know. Well, it's funny you say that because there was I was introduced to the concept of radical acceptance which is when when you're you're in a relationship with someone who you love but you feel very different about a huge thing it doesn't have to be um children it can be uh if for example if one of you goes off sex like there is this thing called radical acceptance where it's like you go this is so not what i thought but i love you therefore i will completely pivot and change my life because we're so used to the the narrative of persuasion aren't we it's like Mm. come on make let me make you come around to my way of thinking which is actually it was like well if you're in a relationship with someone which is a two-way thing or three-way or four-way you know you Mm -hmm. you sometimes you just have to go well you're yeah I'm just gonna do something I never thought I'd do and and maybe that's the great thing about being queer is that Mm. you have more of these options like someone we spoke to for for the book um Jeremy Langmead actually oh right yeah his husband they had this exact conversation where his newish younger husband said to him I really want to be a dad 
and Jeremy was already a dad and had two I think was it Stu grown up kids like in their late teens or early 20s and Jeremy just said look I really don't want to do that again Mm. I don't want to go through it but rather than it break them apart they just accepted that there was a way that they could do it that was a kind of co-parenting and the husband now has a child with a friend and they have a co-parenting relationship but Jeremy isn't a kind of equal dad he's more of a what did he say Stu like a cool uncle cool uncle kind of figure so you know like that I love about being queer that there is that freedom to redefine things yeah we're not set there's no defines that that we have to play with Mm, I really like that idea of radical acceptance though just going back to that for a second Mm. how does that work though so so, for example, give the, give the sex. Let's just pay the kids out of it for a second. Let's just talk. And also, because we just we had a sex therapy session, didn't we, Lottie? Not and I. We not did. her and I together. <laughs> on, our late, on the latest edition of our podcast where we talked to the sex therapist and it was fascinating. But mm. so let's use sex as the example. Like, who, when you say a radical acceptance, was that the term? Radical acceptance? Yeah. But then who is the one that's doing the acceptance? How do you make the decision? Is it the person that doesn't want to have sex or is it the person that wants to have sex? And is the person who <laughs> doesn't want to have sex is made to have sex? Or no, And the I same mean, for think... children. It's like, how do you come to that conclusion of the one that's going to have the radical acceptance? Because that's where I would stumble on that one because I'm okay, a stubborn well, one. <laughs> I think, I think um, I, I'm sorry, I'm not going to joke around. I think with sex, like obviously it's, it's going to be the person who doesn't want it gets their own way because otherwise you're in like a whole wormhole of consent. Yeah, I suppose. Right? That's like, a bad so. example. She's <laughs> <Yeah, it's> like, <laughs> like, so listen, there's this thing yeah. about it. So, so yeah. it's happening tonight, whether you like it or not. Yeah. No, it's, um, it's, no, it's not, you know, as in it's just, yeah, obviously it's going to be the person. And I would say, I imagine it would be the same with kids. It's like, you know, the, 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 I think the disruption is is the thing that that leaves if if, if is the thing you don't do because you are you're currently a couple already and then you're thinking mm-hmm. of having a kid right so you're going to keep the status quo in a sense of radical acceptance rather than going you're going to radically accept this having your life turned upside down I mean, yeah I know, yeah okay i get know, it now all right this is a this <laughs> don't send that text message to you Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. One of the hallmarks of being a queer parent is often we're older than, you know, the, the traditional parent, let's say. How does that work and how does the divvying up of duties work? Because I personally, I need to tread carefully with who I'm throwing under what bus here, but like I am fascinated by becoming a parent and being a man 
and the general status quo assumption is that I have some kind of wife somewhere who does all the childcare. Like, I, it's really like not just the world is not built for the idea that people have shared childcare duties. If you look at the ways in which we're asked to work, for example, which is like, mm. you know, you're filming at 6 a.m. and you're not back till 10 p.m. You know, it's like, well, where is that person? How, how has that shaken out for you, Lottie, for example? Well, I think the age thing for women or people with ovaries and wombs is like, it, it kind of, you can't, unless you adopt or use a surrogate, if you're trying to do fertility treatment, age still is an issue. Like you can't, you, it, as every fertility doctor in the world seemed to say to me, it just drops off a cliff after 35, which mm -hmm. is like such an annoying thing to be keep being told. Um, mm. actually I have a friend that her doctor said to her to imagine a barrel of apples and that her eggs were like the apples at the bottom of the barrel that were all rotten and old uh, <laughs> so like this is the sort of thing that like male doctors just like throw out these like mm. analogies and um, so just that it would be on the age point on the equal parenting point for me personally and my wife, we haven't had any childcare um, at all. We've done it all between us. We've been juggling um, freelance careers and childcare and we just um, are exhausted, but happy that we saved the money and spent the time with our kid. And um, we really enjoyed her turning three and going to our local state. Uh, nursery and ever since she's been in the school system and she's now in reception it's just been like a remarkable transformation of our lives to feel like our kid goes somewhere gets looked after by someone else for like a number of hours and then comes home I can't tell you how life-changing it's been mm. to have that kind of consistent help and to have her be somewhere that's not with us for however many hours a day is just like amazing. And I do mm. think if we had another child, we might, now we know how it feels to have the help, we might try and get some help in some way or another, but whether that's nursery or some kind of childcare a bit earlier than we did, I think we kind of killed ourselves. It did coincide with the pandemic as well. Um, but I think because we were both so involved, we didn't give ourselves permission to take the help that was maybe available for us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And do, here's a question for you, because I said to, when we had our baby, I was walking through an airport and like people saw me and my husband coming with our, you know, cute little brand new baby. And like people were just like opening gates for us that I didn't even know existed. So we could just walk through and all of this. And I said it to my friend, a straight woman, I was like, I said, God, if you have a baby, like people are really nice to you. And she was like, if you're two men with a baby, they'll be nice to you. If you're a woman, people <laughs> make it really hard for you. And I feel like she was saying she feels like sometimes like people punish women for having babies and things. Have you ever encountered that? Mm, interesting. I don't mm. think I don't think so. But I know certainly Stu can talk to the idea of men being sort of celebrated in a really over the top way for being parents right yeah like being applauded it happened to me literally this week 
where I was walking the kids home from school and somebody actually said to me, it's like, oh, good for you kind of thing. And I was like, I'm just picking my kids up from school. I'm not doing anything. And I think that there is a major issue in parenting at the moment, mostly I would say in straight parenting, which is seen through a lot of the work that's being done by equality in the workplace and, and, and everything. And I maybe queer families can be the ones to kind of like shake up the status quo a bit more and actually show that there, there can be things. Cause I've very much been vocal on the sense of the word mum being branded around so much like mummy and baby groups, mummy and yoga groups, mummy, the mummy WhatsApp group at school, like all these kind of Mm. things, which I just, it's like, I want to, you hold up a mirror to them and be like, you're just doing yourself a disservice by doing that because all you're doing is just reinforcing the notion that it's only mothers and women that can be uh, caregivers and parents, uh, not parents, but can be the caregivers and be the ones that are maternal and they're the ones that are going to look after the kids, which does them no favors because the moment dads and men are welcomed more into the parenting sphere. And, you know, it's not that radical to call something a parent and baby group. <laughs> it's, mm. it's not, it really isn't. But until we get to that point, men are always going to feel slightly uncomfortable in that situation or they're going to not even realise that they can be in that situation. Mm. And it's only by being a gay dad and that I'm having to be in that situation that I do try and, not that I'm trying to shake things up, but it's like, as an example, this week. I was going to say, give your example. (laughs) So one of the, one of, so at the moment we have a parents WhatsApp group, it's just called by the the reception uh, uh, reception year group whatever and one of the dads in the group sent a message saying oh here's a link to a new dad's group that I'm setting up um and I'm sure mums you'll want to do the same and we're going to go out for drinks and we're going to and I was just like and I know this guy quite well he's really lovely so I felt I could send him a message and I was, well, I decided to send him a direct message rather than doing something wide on the group, which maybe if I didn't know him so well or liked him so much, I would have done. But um, (laughs) I did send him a private message just say, look, you know, we're not going to join the dad's group because I actually find that quite uncomfortable and it makes us feel a bit uncomfortable. Mm. Um, Did he get back to you? Yeah, he did. And he responded and said, I can understand that. It sounds a bit outdated. But then he didn't take it back. He just said, oh, we'll keep in touch and just let you know if we do go out for drinks and and whatnot. (laughs) And I was like, okay, kind of missed the point. But there hasn't been, to my knowledge, a mum's group set up. And I think until that point, that's the point that I would start throwing my toys out the pram a bit and saying, look, this is not on really. Because... I don't want to be in a, a mum's group or a dad's group. I just want to be with the parents. I don't mm-hmm. want it to feel, because then again, it's so, I want the mums, because like, the mums will be the logistic group. I know it. Yeah. The mums would be the logistic group and the dads would be like, when we're going for a drink and when are we doing this? And it'd just be like, oh, which one I just I feel like you're trying to, re- like you're trying, you've taken on a huge task here. You're trying to like single-handedly unpick <laughs> millennia of oh, yeah. um, patriarchy. <laughs> with your like whatsapp response and because you know it's so ingrained and like people Mm. don't think about it but there is an argument of like well dads you know do like getting together to talk about dad stuff and being dads and mums like to get together to talk about mum stuff and being mums what we're saying is like there shouldn't be dad stuff and mum stuff but the fact is 
there is so it's like to what extent do you want to try and like dismantle the patriarchy and to what extent do you want to just like find a way to live within the structures that are set up for us however much we don't agree or don't like those structures do you know what I mean I want to dismantle it I want to bring I'm it down. I have <laughs> huge respect for you. And I think that's great. And I think the more people c- that can do that, the better. Because, you know, I I think you're capable of a lot, but I don't know that it's you're going to... I mean, let's see. Let's, Stu, let's see. you can do this one WhatsApp at a time. Come on, let's do this one WhatsApp group at a time. I do, yeah. like, I when you said all oh, the mums will be the logistics, like, I think it's really interesting because I definitely fall into, like, the logistics person um i'm just that person who is like what's in the fridge who needs to eat like uh, and what what's been ordered in order to make sure that there is food and all of that like i'm definitely more what m- people might call the mother thing you know what i mean but and i find it and i don't know if you two find this i find it really interesting when someone comes to the house they want to know who's dad, who's mum. Like, it's not verbalised, mm. but they're like, oh, you're logistics, and they'll talk to me. And then when William, my husband, comes home because he's a lawyer and it's a bit more classic, he goes to the office, comes back. He is treated like the dad, whereas I'm treated like I'm the mum. And it's like, people want that from you. They want a gendered present. They want you to present in a gendered way, which is really funny because yeah. I'm like, it, mm. have you two found that? I found that uh, personally I think I'm lucky with my school's group in that I think everybody's quite sort of liberal open-minded and I think because Jenny and I both are as present you know I would say we equally Mm. pick her up from school we equally do the school trips are active on the whatsapp like all of these things I think we're both treated kind of equally within the the parent group um and there's also another lesbian mum with a kid in our daughter's class so I think that we've been lucky I don't feel like I've escaped that because I think just the nature of mine and my wife's personalities is we are just both quite similar mm-hmm. and we both do do the same kind of stuff so we're both useless at like so when like handymen come over like maybe they might be like which one's the one that like knows about stuff but because we're both useless and we're both like god where's the fuse box i don't know why don't you know <laughs> like they're, they're but the handyman's basically just like or handy person sorry it is normally yes. about it's just like all right you're both useless i'm gonna just <laughs> figure it out myself that's so funny do you have it Stu? Yeah, I, I, I do see it's that it's that thing of there was a we had a party once, a kids party, and what, there was a new parent in the school and she was actually she was actually going around the room going, Oh, but where's the mum? I need to ask her something about the, the food. And she kept going around to everyone going, wow. Where's the mum? And they were just like, What? What are you talking about? Like That's so funny. The and it was just and it's that thing of that it, it again, it's just putting people into their boxes. And I think that that's why it happens because for generations and generations generations it has been set you know it's been that thing of you know the mum's done this and the dads do this and I think for everyone to succeed it does need to change that's why I want to bring it down like that's the it's not just for us it's not just for me being selfish as gay dad but I think for women in the workplace and everywhere like quality is not going to be gained until 
dads are seen in the same way as in a parenting structure, I think, is my take on it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, what a brilliant ambition to have. Take down I didn't realise it was, I know, it's such a mission. Maybe that is my new mission in life. While also There'll be getting... statues to you outside schools. <laughs> like a well, Three box. square meals on the table every day. Yeah, with a lunchbox, yeah, instead of a sword. Like that. Yeah. Um, you two, this has been so wonderful. Uh, thank you so much. And thank you so much for writing the book. But, you know, congratulations. And thank Thanks, you so Chris. much for... Thank you, Chris giving us a couple of buoys to hang on to as we try and, um, you know, navigate parenting. Should we wish to, listeners? See, I told you you'd like them. Um, Tune in on Thursday as we chat to the Labour MP and Shadow Health Secretary, and I'm going to call it Potential New Prime Minister One Day, Wes Streeting. Uh, He's written a book. His story is incredible. But he is also an amazing guy. I really like him. Um, get in touch, stay connected on Instagram at Homo Sapiens, Facebook at Homo Sapiens Podcast.com. He- email your comments, your questions, your agony uncles to hello at Homo Sapiens Podcast.com. Um, I got the Facebook thing wrong. It's at Homo Sapiens Podcast. No.com on the end. Uh, but he said it 250 times. Um, I hope you're all well. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Powered by Spirit Studios.